Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. The Light of Truth Radio Broadcast with Michael Boldea. Welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio Broadcast. I am, as always, your host, Michael Boldea, and that was our short intro. Quick to the point, welcome to it. All right, uh, as has been customary for some time on this program whenever we are recording i have a tendency of letting you know uh simply because uh well a lot can happen between the moment that this is being recorded and the moment it airs and i wouldn't want anyone to think that uh i was overlooking something imperative so uh yes we are recording this program but it is fresh it's uh october the 7th the year of our lord 2021 the same date this is supposed to air. So how much can really happen between now and five hours from now? I know, those are famous last words, aren't they? Apparently last week everyone lost their collective minds because Facebook went down for a few hours. There were mothers offering up their children, just make it work so I can get a like on my duck lips. It was sad, it was pathetic, but it was to be expected because this is the society that we've created for ourselves and somehow we think that we can survive the apocalypse. So um, just saying. Now, uh, there's a lot of things that we're going to hopscotch to and fro on this uh, beautiful, well, it's not beautiful. It's gloomy and it's rainy and it's, it's not even rain rain. It's, it's, it's that stuff that just you know, drizzle. They call it drizzle. And usually I like, you know, caramel drizzle or fudge drizzle on ice cream. Them's is tasty, as the kids like to say. But this is, this is the rain drizzle. It's not fun at all. And it's been like this since morning. Uh, it, it just saps you of any energy. And I kind of burnt my tongue on my delicious beverage a few minutes ago. So, uh, you know, it, it, it hasn't been that great a day. But you know who's been having a great week, two weeks, three weeks? I don't know how long it's been. Maybe a week. Some young man named Brandon. Apparently this Brandon person should run for office because everyone's cheering him on. I have no idea who he is. But I'm sure you've heard the chants and the cheers. Let's go, Brandon. I mean, he has become more popular than movie stars, this Brandon person. So uh, maybe he should consider running for office because if, if, uh, you know, everyone chants your name, there must be something to it. If some of you have no clue what I'm talking about, this will go right over your head. But it was kind of funny because this is, this is how far propaganda has, uh, has gone. This is the depth to which they have descended. Uh, there were crowds at a NASCAR game, but this has been happening at football games, baseball games, NASCAR games, and people's 
you know, uh, private dwellings in their bathrooms while uh, they're, you know, taking their morning constitutional. Uh, the name Brandon is on many a lips because uh, if somebody was actively trying to uh, just torpedo this country and this economy, they couldn't have been doing a better job than good old Mr. Robinette Biden. So uh, the, the, the name Brandon, if you will, is on many a lips, and they're chanting the same thing. Um, but uh, the story as it goes, uh, they were saying something naughty about Mr. Biden, uh, and the reporter, uh, with a straight face, because these people have no soul, uh, I guess was talking to a driver named Brandon. And she looks him dead in the face and goes, isn't this exciting? Everybody's chanting your name. Let's go, Brandon. And you could obviously hear that nobody was saying, let's go, Brandon. But like I said, if it was real, then this Brandon individual should run for national office because he's very popular. Uh, now, on to an email I got from somebody. And uh, it, it's, it's not convoluted. I just misinterpreted it, I think. Because uh, it, it, it began with uh, just because you got left behind. And immediately, uh, I, I stopped reading, and I started thinking to myself, does this individual think they're writing from heaven? Uh, does this individual think they've been raptured and heaven has Wi-Fi? Because that's how it started, just because you got left behind. But it continues, and apparently uh, what I got left behind on was uh, culture and um, gadgetry and uh, things that you can do uh, to promote yourself and make a name for yourself. And uh, it's not the way they put it, because the way they put it is uh, make it financially feasible to do the work of God, but the way I put it is fleecing sheep. Uh, so I, I got left behind uh, on, on the gadgetry and progress train, apparently. So today, that's all going to change. Uh, from this day forward, uh, I shall be the preacher formerly known as Michael Boldia. I'm going to become like Prince. I'm just going to be a symbol. My symbol is going to be a sprinkled donut. So uh, you, you can now refer to me as the preacher formerly known as Michael Boldia. Uh, my Patreon is up. My merch site is up. Uh, you can buy uh, just low-quality shirts from me that I paid $0.65 cents for for $47. It's going to be great. Uh, th does that mean that I'm no longer left behind? Th does that, that mean that I can gain entry in with the hip kids? Uh, the person didn't sign their name, uh, but I'm assuming it was a Beth Mora fan because, and again, let me simplify, reiterate, and illuminate. I don't have a problem with preachers or evangelists drawing salaries from ministry or churches. The Bible does specify a workman is worthy of his hire. Now, the question that must be asked is what qualifies and quantifies as higher. If your salary is what the average salary of your uh, members is, 
I've got no problem with that. If you take the average salary of all of your members, and that's what you give yourself, or that's what the board, uh, which consists of your uh, wife, uh, stepkids, and, uh, you know, cousin Ray Ray, whatever. You know, if, if that's the salary that's agreed upon, which is basically the average of your membership, God bless. Now, if your salary isn't the average of your membership, but is somewhere in the 150 times what your average member is making, yes, I have a problem with that. Now, there's acceptable and then there's best case scenario. For what I do as far as ministry, for what I've been called to do as far as ministry, best case scenario is me being able to do something other than straight ministry to provide for my family and make sure that if I say something that offends the cat moms and they don't send in the $3.72 in pennies, I can still afford a cup of coffee and uh, clothes on my kid's back. And that's the route I've taken. Again, now, I, I could go on about the being left behind thing, but I would surmise that maybe it's better to be left behind and still be honest and forthright and still be able to say the things you need to say without worrying if somebody's going to be offended uh, than, than to become a lickspittle and... Uh, Become an echo chamber for uh, the most vocal of your circle and say things that you don't believe and say things that the Bible doesn't say is true and say things that eventually and inevitably will damage the sheep, that will inevitably damage those you are purportedly trying to help. So the reason, the fact that, look, let's, let's be fair. A shaved monkey can start a Patreon account. It's not that hard. So the fact that I don't have a Patreon account, you know, I don't monetize my gifting as uh, it said further on in the email. Because I mean, somebody put time in. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, talking about it. Somebody put in time. It was at least two and a half pages. So, you know, granted, because I do other things on the side, I didn't have time to read it word by word, uh, but I got the gist of it, and I highlighted a few of the things. And one of those things is, was, you know, why don't you start a Patreon? Because no, because I don't want to. It's not that I can't. It's, that I, it's not that I'm unable to. No, I didn't get left behind. I didn't get kicked by a horse in the head, and now I don't know how to type patreon.com. No, none of those. I choose not to. Respect that. Uh, but it was hilarious because that was the first thing that crossed my mind is uh, just because you got left behind, I'm like, oh, boy. Somebody thinks they're writing me from heaven. Would have been funny if it was true, but it wasn't. So, you know. Maybe the next one. You never know. Um, there's a lot of things that I wanted to get to. But there's one in particular that um, we're going to delve into just a little bit. 
because I've been talking about things that you should expect, be expecting down the road for, for, for the last few months, and it's spooked some of you. Uh, some of you uh, were writing in with, with trepidation and fear and uh, concern and what do we do. Um, look, those of you that are afraid of what's coming, and, and I don't mean to, to belittle anyone or, or, or be negative about anyone, but if you're afraid of what the future holds then you've lived enough of a sheltered life where you've never had to count on God for your next meal. If you are afraid of what the future holds, then you've lived enough of a sheltered life where you've never had to count on God for basic necessities. There was always some sort of safety net there that you could depend upon so you didn't have to stretch your faith. Because true faith and, and, and trust in God, and, and I need to get this across, because usually you know, we start with the news and we have a couple laughs, uh, but enough of you wrote in kind of scared where I'm like, look, faith that God will keep you, faith that God will provide, faith that God will protect you, doesn't moderate fear, it doesn't help you cope with fear. It doesn't stifle fear. It doesn't lessen fear. Faith in God's ability to do those things for you eliminates fear altogether. Understand that. It, 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 it's a crucial point. And again, I, the radio program is the radio program. I don't like getting overly preachy on here. And I know some people really want me to. But it's, it's, it's also my way of, of blowing off steam. It's, it's my way of, of not banging my head against the wall and going, the world's gone insane, might as well shut up. But this is important enough where we're going to delve into it just a smidge. And we're going to talk about it because people think that just having faith just helps them moderate their fear. Or having faith uh, helps them cope with fear. No. Then that's not true abiding faith. That's hope, maybe, but it's not true and abiding faith. True and abiding faith eliminates the prospect of fear altogether. I can honestly sit here in front of this microphone today and say, I do not fear for tomorrow. And it's not because I'm wealthy and it's not because I'm rich. I'm none of those things. I'm as middle class as middle class gets, yet, you know what? I'm not afraid for what my kids are going to eat. I'm not afraid for where my kids are going to live. I'm not afraid for what I'm going to do for work because I know that God is faithful and God has proven his faithfulness to me throughout my life so many times and in so many ways that it would be an out-and-out sin for me to doubt his faithfulness regarding the future. If he's been faithful throughout all of my past, if he's being faithful in my present, why would I doubt his faithfulness or his ability to remain faithful in the future? Does that make sense? So it's not because somebody actually wrote in, 
uh, I, I listen to your programs, and thankfully my, my, my faith helps me cope, my, cope with my fear. And I, and I wrote her back, and I said, look, I, I love you in the Lord, and I know you're going to take this the wrong way, because most people usually do, because this has become the norm now. And anything that, that uh, even offers the prospect of offense is taken in the worst possible light, and, and we take offense. But it wasn't intended as an offense to her. It was just th- the truth. It's the truth. This is what the Bible says. If you have faith in God, if you trust in Him, if you rest in Him, then you're not coping with fear. Fear is eliminated from your life. And I know people, even within my close circle, that, 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 that have gotten, I don't know what to call it because I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the adrenaline rush of hearing worst-case scenario with no hope. I don't know. But every few days, somebody tries to show, show me a video on YouTube or, or, or listen to a talk where between the government injecting us with nanites that are going to kill us to everything else, everything's so bleak, might as well lock yourself up in your basement and put a plastic bag over your head. We can't feed our spirits with the bleakness. The reason I've been telling you what to expect is so that it doesn't catch you by surprise. I haven't been telling you what to expect to make you afraid of tomorrow. If your faith is in Christ, then there should be no fear in your life. But see, most Christians, even Christians, are reacting to everything they're seeing around them through fear. If fear is controlling you, then you're not free. I, I didn't mean to make this a sermon, but let's go down this road. Let's talk about these things. Again, don't take it personal. Don't look at it in the worst possible light. This is the reality of who we have to live as believers. If we react to the things in the world the same way the world reacts to them, then we're no different than the world. So whatever happened to he whom the Son sets free is free indeed? Well, apparently not from fear. Because we're all quaking in our boots. Either you are free or you are not. There's, there's no middle ground. There's no, there's no neutral space for you to wait patiently until you decide that you're free or you're a slave. Either you're a slave or you're free. There's nothing in between. And if you allow fear to dictate actions in your life, then you are not free by the very definition of it. You are a slave to fear. So again, for the upteenth time, True faith in God is not a crutch that helps you cope with fear. True faith in God is not a crutch that helps you stifle your fear or manage your fear or live with your fear or lessen your fear. True faith in God eliminates fear. So are you free? Are you free of fear? 
And again, I, the other side going, are you saying we're not supposed Look, there needs to be a balance. What I do to provide for my family, what I do to make sure that my family will be fed, is not birthed of fear. It's just common sense. My motivation is not fear-based. It is not from a position of fear. I'm not running around buying all the chicken I can and stuffing it in a freezer because I'm afraid there's not going to be any more chicken tomorrow. You should not ever, as a believer, as a Christian, as a child of God, as, as a son or daughter of the promise, whatever, you know, cliched Americanized thing you use to identify yourself. Personally, I just call it Christian or a believer. As a believer, you should never, ever be moved, motivated out of fear. Oh, I, I forgot to give you my pronouns. Apparently, that's a thing now, because you know I'm 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 woke-ish. So I've I've learned all the tools of the trade. I'm going to get on Instagram and do the duck face. Uh, my Patreon, uh, if 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 you want a personal blessing, wherein I include your name in the personal blessing, you can second tier Patreon. That's twenty five bucks a month. Uh, and yes, my uh, my pronouns are uh, zip, lip, and nip. Those are the pronouns I've chosen because why not? So can again, I I didn't take offense to to the letter. I understand where you were coming from, but allow me to say it was from a naive perspective. See, there's a difference between being incapable of doing something and actively choosing not to do it. Let's just talk, all right? Just between uh, uh, moi et toi, as they would say in French. I know, I I speak, no, I don't. I don't speak French. Uh, I know, what do I know? Um, uh, Je m'appelle, which is my name. Uh, Anyway. I know. Uh, Rabbit trail. Do you honestly think that I am not aware that there are people who have made substantially better livings than me just regurgitating my grandfather's prophecies? I mean, honestly, let's get, let's get down to brass tacks here. Let's talk about it. Because, again, didn't take personal offense, not angry, but let's clear the air. Do you honestly think that I don't know that, that, that the prophecies that our ministry put out for free have been made into cottage industries by, by dozens of people? And they've made serious bank just by reprinting the things that we put out? Do you think I'm naive to that? Do you think I couldn't have done the exact same thing? Or written letters to cease and desist? See, I know how the system works. I know what people are doing. 
I know who's profiting and profiteering from, from the, the labors of, of my grandfather and myself in this ministry. But as long as the message is getting out, I don't care. And at the same time and by the same token, I choose not to make it a profit-driven business because it's not a business, it's a ministry. And so, yes, everything that our ministry put out still free on the Hand of Help website. Because I've had people write me letters, how come I have to pay 12 bucks for a three-page thing? I'm not asking you to. I'm not selling you a, a three-page double-spaced regurgitation of my grandfather's prophecy for 12 bucks. Now, I have his book, Through the Fire Without Burning, but it's an actual book, and it's 10 bucks. And the reason we ask for 10 bucks is because it costs, what, eight to print and then the shipping. I'm not the one. Argue with the person that's charging you the 12 bucks for three pages. To respect the fact that I know. And as things get worse, quote unquote, uh, you know, the, the fringe prophecies of certain individuals begin to come to pass because we're seeing it right now. The cottage industries will continue to make bank. Because fear will drive people to end-time prophecy. End-time prophecy about America. Babylon equal America, question mark? You think I couldn't capitalize on this stuff if I wanted to? You think I couldn't walk around saying, I have my grandfather's mantle? Because apparently it's a hot ticket. What, if... Fifteen years later, still a hot ticket, apparently. People still fighting over his mantle. Wait, it's, it's longer than that, isn't it? He passed in 97. 24 years. 24 years. I'm still getting emails from people. This person says he has your grandfather's mantle. Is it true? Huh? And it's not like I've ever tried to distance myself from the prophetic side of the ministry or from the prophecies God gave my grandfather. I've told you before, and I'll say it again. I can count on my right hand how many people I've met in my life that I consider true men of God. You could even chop off a couple fingers and I'd still have enough. And my grandfather was among them. I, I, I traveled with the man for 10 years. I saw his life, not from the outside in, but as his grandson. And I've said this to people who started, you know, we, we get into deeper conversation and they ask me about my grandpa. I, I've said it to them openly. If not for the example he set, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be here. Like I said, it's not like I don't know how to grift people. It's easy. I choose not to because I fear God. And the reason I fear God is because he feared God. Because if he was a grifter like most of these people, then I'd be walking around talking about 
mantles and anointings and prophetic coverings and all this nonsense. Because if you want to get into this, we can get into this, kids, but trust me, I will win. Not just because I have the truth on my side, but because I know my own intellect and the ability thereof. I don't want to be that. It's not that I can't or I don't have the ability. I don't want to. And the reason I don't want to is not because my life wouldn't be a lot easier if I did, but because I fear God. I'm up at 3, 4 in the morning, most mornings, doing what I do to provide for my family. It'd be a whole lot easier, and I could sleep in if I'd start a Patreon and offer personal prophecies. And one-on-one coaching of how to be a prophet and all this other nonsense. Why do you pick on Beth Moore so much? Because she deserves it. Do you want me to start naming other names? Because at some point, I'm going to stab your idol in the eye, and then you're going to start screeching. So let's, let's get past this, because it was not my intention to go ra- down this rabbit trail, but just one too many emails, one too many messages, one too many conversations about mantles, maybe. I don't know. But it was time to hash this out, and I haven't even gotten started. We haven't even scratched the surface. But I wanted to clarify the situation. I didn't get left behind. I chose to remain faithful to the origins of this ministry, to the calling of this ministry, to the intent of this ministry, to the purpose of this ministry. The purpose of this ministry was never to build big Grow a monster so you can feed it. And then when you can't feed the monster and it starts getting hungry, you start to compromise just a little here and a little there because the monster needs to get fed. And then you start making the compromises and the compromises get bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually a really good offer comes along because this is what happens. Somebody trying to sell something that knows you've built trust equity with your audience comes along and says, hey, I'll split it with you. Talk a bunch of your people into investing, wink, wink, into what, end-time bomb shelters or, you know, extra-durable thermal underwear that lasts for six years or a thousand different things. Peanuts even. I ain't selling you peanuts. There will always be someone looking for someone else who has built trust equity with their audience that they could use as a middleman to sell their wares because they know no one will trust them directly. No sponsors. 
except for the made-up ones. By the way, there's, there's still room for investment in Bucket of Gruel. Uh, we, had, we had two investors pull out. And uh, one of them took our business idea, and, and I guess they, they, they beautified it a little bit. They, they called it Bucket of Yum instead of Bucket of Gruel. I don't know. That, that may play with you know, the cat mom audiences. So good on them. But like I said, still room. Uh, get in on the ground floor. By the way, I know somebody who likes the bucket of gruel idea. Logan, happy birthday. Uh, many more to come, hopefully. Uh, how is it being uh, the father of a daughter? Because I've got two. It's fun. It gets, it, it, it gets better and worse simultaneously. But happy birthday nonetheless. Anyway, let's get back to this. Because I, I, I wanted to get into the whole fear issue. Uh, we, uh, I, and, and I could, I could get into the whole, you know, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. Look, that is no longer the generation that understood the meaning of we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. Like I said, people were losing their minds over Facebook being down for a few hours. I still submit to the idea that psychologically, 95% of the church, never mind the world, is not prepared for what's coming and how quickly it's going to come. And the 5% that is, is only prepared because they understood that true faith, abiding faith, it's not about moderating or coping with fear, but eliminating it altogether. Faith kills fear. Imagine two gladiators and only one can walk out of the ring. If you have true faith, if you have abiding faith, between it and fear, faith will always walk out of the ring. And fear will be left bleeding. It's as simple as that. But don't take my word for it. Look, I, I, I was reading this this morning after I woke up. Uh, it, it was early enough where I didn't have to make breakfast for the girls yet. Uh, and I just, I, I do this sometimes. It's not a thing. Because I, 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 I've seen some people you know, react positively to the idea. I've seen some people react negatively to the idea. And the reason they have any reaction whatsoever is because they're looking to get something out of the practice. But some mornings I'll just wake up and open my Bible. And wherever it opens, I begin to read. Like I said, I'm not looking to get anything out of the practice other than I want to read a passage from God's Word haven't really decided on what any passage will do. Because some people look for prophetic insight. Other people think it's like throwing darts. So this is why I do it, not, not because I look for prophetic insight, not because I look for messages, but simply because I, I don't have a passage in mind that I want to meditate on. And so I'll just open my Bible. And today it, it opened to, to Matthew 6. 
And we all know Matthew 6. And I think that, uh, and, and uh, see, I can't, I can't win. I cannot win. I was going to say, I think because I opened to here, uh, it, it, it sort of, you know, made me decide to talk on the fear angle a little bit. But then, you know, the cat moms will go, see, I told you it was like throwing darts. What if you open somewhere else? Uh, perhaps it was God after all. There, are you happy? More emails incoming. Uh, Matthew six twenty-five. We all know it, but we don't live it. See, that's the thing. We have a lot of head knowledge, man. Right now, there's a podcast about everything. I'm waiting for a podcast if it hasn't been created already. And by the way, believe it or not, somebody did find pumpkin spice beef jerky. Uh, if you were listening to last week's broadcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, there's such a thing as pumpkin spice beef jerky. It is the end of the world after all. But I'm waiting on a podcast about Elvis's last day. Uh, you know, I don't, from from the peanut butter sandwiches perspective or something. It's just everybody's doing something. As far as either producing content or consuming content. But there's a difference between knowing something and living something. I, I'm, I'm a great example of, of knowing what it takes to shed pounds. I could write diet books every day, all day. But the doing it, yeah, gets in the way of good food. So there's that. So we all know this passage, but very few are living it. And, and if, if you want to stay sane, I guess is the best word I could find. If you want to stay sane during the days that are coming, you're going to need to live this passage and not just know it. Even if you've memorized it, you still have to live it. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Now, these are the words of Jesus. This, this, this passage should make us all introspective. Because he's not even talking about fear here. He's talking about worry. There's a big difference between being fearful and being worrisome. And Jesus is saying that fear is not even an option. We're not talking about fear here, but don't even worry about it. Could you imagine if we lived these words and not simply knew of them or recited them or spoke them to ourselves in the mirror to boost our self-esteem or whatever nonsense we do. 
Could you imagine if everyone who called themselves a Christian truly did not worry about their life? Let's extrapolate and see what would happen if believers lived this as a present reality. I don't, maybe, maybe there wouldn't be vax mandates to go to church. What do you think? Huh? Maybe you wouldn't have somebody standing out in the foyer demanding that you put a mask over your nose and mouth and breathe normally and take your temperature. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink. Nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Apparently not. Because we are willing to throw Jesus under the bus. We are willing to denounce the Bible altogether. Not because we're being persecuted unto death. But because we run the risk of the world mocking us. Do you, do you understand how lightweight the average Christian is in the Western world? Do you understand how, how inconsistent and lukewarm and unprepared for battle the average westernized Christian is? As yet, we're not being persecuted unto death, but we're rolling over and doing exactly what we're told, like good little sheep. Just because we don't want the godless mocking us. Just because we don't want the godless pointing the finger at us. And then Jesus gives an example here. He says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Huh? Because we like, again... And this is the thing. We, we like to talk about being kings and princes and queens and princesses. We like to talk about wearing the crowns of glory. And at the same time, we don't see that value in ourselves to the point that we trust God to take care of us better or at least as well as he does the birds of the air. That's an inconsistency that makes me marvel. You need nothing more as far as understanding your value in the sight of God than the fact that he so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believed in him might not perish but have everlasting life.
your value in the sight of God equal the death of his only begotten son that you might be redeemed and reconciled unto him. This isn't hubba bubba for 25 cents, kids. This is the blood and life of the Son of God in order to redeem you. So if he's already defined your value in such an incomprehensible manner, how dare you doubt that your value in his sight isn't the same. Because by our actions, apparently we're saying that our value in the sight of God has decreased to the point that now it's below that of the birds of the air. So even though God will feed the birds of the air, By your denial of his ability to do the same to you, you're saying that he values you less than he is the birds of the air. Are you tracking with this? I mean, do we need to get into the whole sins of commission and omission? How sad and tragic. That by our actions we are saying either God is incapable of providing for us or that he doesn't value us as much as he does the birds of the field because while he will feed them, he will not feed you. I mean, do, do we need to get deeper into this because we can? But Jesus is trying to open your eyes. And see, look, don't, don't expel so much energy worrying about your life. This present life has a beginning and has an end. Just as he knew you in your mother's womb, he knows the moment that you will take your last breath. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? That's a good question, isn't it? Now, you can get lifts. You can wear high heel shoes. But it's an illusion. It's not a reality. You haven't added anything to your stature. But we're using the same principle with the individual lifespan. We, we, we think that by getting jabbed and wearing 37 masks and by swallowing horse pills every few minutes, we can increase our lifespan. And some people, it gives them peace of mind. If, that, if that's you, then God bless but don't get it twisted and think that you can actually extend, extend your lifespan by doing these things. If you're five foot two, you're five foot two, even if you have six inch lifts. You can fool some people 
You're walking around 5'8", chest puffed out. But when you get home and you take those shoes off, you're still 5'2". Man, I see people every single morning, rain or shine. I I haven't seen any in the winter because you can slip in the ice and crack your back real good. But they're just, just running along, breaking a sweat. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're doing it just for the sake of doing it. But if you're doing it thinking that you can extend your life somehow, you're, you're the person wearing the lifts. And you get home and you look in the mirror and, yep, the wrinkles are still there and the gray hair is still there. And there's people that, if I lived their monastic life, I mean, all they eat is like just weird stuff like kale and take vitamins and, 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 and sprouts. And everything has to be organic. On every morning and, and, and do push-ups every evening and they drop dead of a heart attack at 28. And it's kind of ironic. I'm sitting there reading the newspaper going, young man dead at 28 of a heart attack while jogging. And I'm trying to finish a pint of Bluebell ice cream because I don't want to put it back in the freezer. I kid, of course. I don't eat Bluebell ice cream. But you get the point. A lot of the things that we do day in and day out, thinking that will either preserve our lives or have a safety net or that it'll do something to give us a leg up on our fellow man. It's, it's, it's all an illusion made to feel us better in the moment. Because the only thing worthwhile that you can do as an individual. The only thing worthwhile that you can do that is actually a net benefit to your existence is learn to trust God ever more every day. Even if for now you still have the safety nets, even if for now you don't have to be dependent on God for your basic necessities. Stretch your faith. Because if you stretch your faith today, the days that are coming won't be such a shock to your system. If you stretch your faith, how do I explain it best? All right. Just imagine that faith is an ever-expanding thing. And the more your faith grows inside you, it pushes out everything else. So you may begin with a little faith, and because your faith is little, 
there's still some fear and there's still some doubt and there's still some concern and there's still some uncertainty there, okay? But as your faith begins to grow and expand, it pushes out the fear. It pushes out the concern. It pushes out the inconsistency. It pushes out everything that shouldn't be there. And eventually all you have is faith. That's the best way I can explain why it's so important to stretch your faith, to grow your faith, to go from faith to faith. Because as your faith grows and expands, it pushes out the worry. It pushes out the fear. It pushes out the concern for tomorrow. See, fear shouldn't be part of the equation. Jesus says don't even worry about it. And if Jesus said not to worry, he's not one to give you false hope. Jesus will never give you false hope. See, Jesus never came across and said, everything's going to be all right, kids. You're going to have mansions and airplanes, and it's going to be glorious. He never said that. He says they will persecute you. They will deliver you up to tribulation, and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. These are the words that Jesus did speak. But by the same token and at the same time, he said, don't worry about your life. Jesus wasn't giving false hope. Jesus was saying, I'll see you through it. And even if you do worry, if you wake up in a cold sweat every night, thinking about what you'll eat or drink or put on your body, what good is it going to do you? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So, priorities, kids. First things first. And what's first? Kingdom of God. And looky, looky, we've gone through a whole hour without even getting into one news story. I know some of you are disappointed and some of you are happy. That's all right. It's probably going to flip next week. But for now, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Um, Things aren't going to get better. If this is what you're holding out hope for, uh, you'll be sorely disappointed. For the first time in my life today, I paid a dollar for a chicken wing. Remember when they used to be three bucks a dozen? Yeah. All right. We talked about it. Don't act like I haven't told you. Anyway, God bless you. Gino, if you've got anything to say, floor is yours. Hopefully we'll see you again next week. And if uh, any more emails come across my desk, perhaps someone will write me from heaven. And then we'll really have a discussion on our hands. All right. Have a good day. Gino, all you.
Thank you, Mike. You know, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen, and by it, what? The elders obtained a good report. And you read Hebrews 11, great chapter on faith. Uh, like Mike said, things are going to get really, you know, they're going to be very bad in many realms. And we have to trust the Lord. You know, there's a scripture, trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. Acknowledge him with in all thy ways, and he'll what? Direct our path. And people, fear never produces a good outcome. You know, fear of, of uh, some people fear to the point of great anxiety and worry. And even the word of God says, don't worry. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or raiment or what you put on. And God says, you know, the, the Bible says the Lord cares about the birds of the field. And, and you look at the animal kingdom, uh, care of us. And maybe it's time we have our faith tested to that level where we have to believe God in greater level, greater way. We live in a country very blessed, but unfortunately a country that's blessed that's fallen away from God, and the blessings are leaving. And, and as Mike said, inflation, which is just kicking in at a pretty good level now, will be terrible in a few months. And sadly to say, poor and wicked leadership, uh, you know, it don't take long for them to destroy things. And they want to turn America into a socialist, almost semi-communist, tree you know killing the pre-born at such a level and you can see the star starting to fall but we have to trust the lord he'll never let us down he'll never leave us or forsake us in fact i would say it'd be terrible not to trust god you know and put trust in other things god is able and more than mighty and powerful enough to take care of our needs thank you so much for listening today to the light of truth radio broadcast Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth, with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions,